dive deep into the realm of large language models, prompt engineering, and best practices. With over 25 years of combined AI and product engineering experience, here are your hosts, Bradley Arsenault and Justin Macarin. Hey, Brad. Hey, Justin. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. So what are we going to be talking about today? Well, uh, I think we're going to do a number of podcasts about prompt design. And today, let's discuss size. How big should our prompts be? What do you think about uh, about these long prompts? I, I tend to use, you know the the same kind of technique that I've been using for the last few years when it comes to more general machine learning models. Like in my experience, you know, with with intent classification models, with NER models, with image classification models, with all these different models, I found that the model performs best when you give it a a relatively small kind of, you know, um subset of 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 output requirements. Um, and I found that models perform poorly when you try to kind of boil the ocean. So in, in, in my, you know, personal and professional prompt engineering life, um, I've been mostly gravitated towards writing smaller prompts and I've seen really good results with that. Um, I've, I've tried writing, you know, longer prompts, and I found that the output quality um, diminishes as the prompt instruction gets longer and longer. And and I'm not sure if if that's something that that you've also found. It's funny you kind of touched on um, how, how you've observed this across a bunch of different models. Like if you think about like classic data science modeling. What are we doing? We don't just like feed the data raw and just shove it all in. You prepare features that are kind of carefully constructed to give the most signal to your model. And I think it's the same thing with these prompts. Um, I've been doing a lot of work on flow thought regarding parsing files. And I've told a friend like, hey, you know, this is a lot of work. And he points me to this research uh, about streaming. GPT. Have you heard of this? Nope, not yet. Yeah, there's so though, there's some new research where people ha have come up with techniques where um, you can take a model that was trained at a fixed token limit and now uh, stream it so that you can have, in theory, this like unlimited um, context window, you know, an unlimited length. And he's he's feeding that to me. He's like, oh, you can just feed literally this entire document in. Uh, my experience is basically the same as yours. Like, even if in theory that was true, it doesn't work, <laughs> right? <laughs> it just doesn't work. I I find that like if I'm like, okay, find like this data within the document. As the as like the document gets longer, it just often just fails to find the data. Like it will just be like, oh, I didn't find anything. Sorry. So so I guess one interesting point that you mentioned is that in 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 like more classical models, we we develop these these features and and we we clean the data in a way that that when we we present it to the model, the model understands what it's it's trying to accomplish. 
I guess, with these large language models, like, why are we not doing that? Or why is that not more standard? Or why, why, why is this not more of a thing? Is it because it's just so easy to do it and people are just kind of losing track of best practices? Well, I think like, you know, part of what makes these language models amazing is that they can do several things at once, at least in theory. Like, you know, they can like transform the text and rewrite it and whatever, do a few different kind of parallel transformations. But nevertheless, it's just like when a boss comes to me and is like, Brad, I want you to do X and I want you to do Y and I want you to do Z and get me W by the end of the day. It's like, I, I don't know what to work on. You know, it's the same thing with the model. You know, you give it all these different instructions. It doesn't know what to pay attention to. Interesting. So so I guess when when we do give it, you know, a bunch of text, um, an enormous amount of text, and then we we start providing it with with a bunch of instructions, what what happens behind the scenes more on, on the neural network side of things? Yeah, so the the attention layer at, at the most fundamental level, it has three bits. It's an attention layer has like what it's looking for, the query. It has what it what a particular word is, the key, and then it has the the value. Uh or sorry, what a a, a key is and then the value. Yeah. Okay. I'm not explaining this very well, but I, I as <laughs> as the number of words increase, the 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 number of things that the model can pay attention to uh, goes down, and the vector that is produced by the 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 uh, the attention layer get, get kind of converges a little bit, a little bit more towards the average. So, the the neural network at the most fundamental level is just not designed for um, an unlimited context window. It's, it's actually works best if you kind of feed it the same length of text that it was given during training. Okay. Um, I, I guess in, in my, like that all makes sense, but in my experience, when, when I give it a bunch of text and I want to perform an, an instruction, I also found that that instruction when written below that large blob of text actually performs better than when it's written above it. And I guess is is oh, yeah. an experience or or and and maybe why? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, this has definitely been my experience, and I think that's just the nature of the completion, right? It's like predicting the next word. So you put the instructions close to where you want the completion to continue from. It the the network pays more attention to it. Um, but it, you know what? I, I I'm I'm not convinced that that's an absolute rule. This is actually something that I'm planning to do some experiments on uh, in my thesis, and hopefully I'll be able to present the results on a later episode of this podcast. Okay. It, it, in my experience, you're absolutely right. It, it always seems to work best with the instructions at the end. Cool. Well, hopefully we get better data and we'll be able to share that with with um with our listeners. One, one exception, though, Brad, that that I want to share is I found that providing a prompt with a bunch of examples, even if the prompt is really, really long, actually performs really well. So there was this time where I wanted to generate a JSON object. And what I did is I created, um, you know, input 
and output examples in the prompt. So, so I literally typed in input colon the text that I wanted yeah. to transform and then output the JSON object that I wanted to output. And I basically had like 30 or 40 examples and without providing any instruction, you know, I ran the prompt along with the variable that, that I want to transform and, and it performed really, really, really well. Um, so I guess would, would you consider that, you know, a, a, a few shot based prompt is different than a zero shot based prompt where we're just providing instructions? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, the examples are is just an easier prompt. Like the the neural network, it just seems to very naturally understand the sort of input output examples. Um, so when you can contrast that to say instructions, which are you know much more complicated, um, it, it has been my experience that um, when it comes to these example prompts, the opposite is true. It 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 performs better. Uh, as you add more and more examples into your prompt up to the, the length limit. All right. So I guess, you know, how, how would we go about um, determining if a prompt is too big or too small? Like, like what's the ideal prompt size? And I guess, you know, one thing that I'd really like to touch on is in our initial podcast, you mentioned this assertion prompt concept where we have a prompt and we could test it out and we can get another prompt to kind of tell us whether or not it's good. And I really like it because now we're kind of getting into, you know, testing. And, and if a really long prompt works, so be it, right? It might not, or there's a likelihood that it doesn't. But maybe what we can do is instead of setting these really hard rules around prompt size, you know, it must be below, you know, three lines or you cannot give it more than two instructions, maybe just testing it out using, you know, a decent data set that's already been kind of pre-labeled is a good way of going about it. What, what are your thoughts about that? I, I, at the end of the day, if it works, it works, right? So <laughs> if you, you've got this like long ass miracle prompt and you're saving money because you're doing 10 different prompts all in one and it actually works for you, you know, Bob's your uncle. That's what I say. But um, I, I think uh, assertion prompts give you a good basis to, to see if that works. Um, in practice, though, I think I would probably start with a smaller prompt, just like as like my default and, and only move to a larger prompt if I really need to. And I actually thought a little bit more about the reason that the examples prompt works. I think what changes is, are we trying to provide the model more detail on the one thing that it's supposed to do or are we asking it to do multiple things and in the case of providing a really long prompt with many examples like yes it is long but we're still only asking it to do one thing it's just a slightly complex thing right so so what you're saying then is is you're saying instead of you know focusing on the length of the prompt maybe what we should focus on is on the instruction and possibly providing it you know a single instruction but 
that single instruction can be a little bit more detailed or we can provide a little bit more uh, examples is does does that make sense i think that does make sense yeah it um like on the one hand you're kind of converging towards i have this one thing i want to do and i just need to specify it more accurately versus like I'm going to add more and more different things for this model to do all at once. That's where you run into trouble. Interesting. I like it. So we haven't kind of, you know, defined any hard rules with these prop sizes, I guess, do whatever works. But that being said, you know, shorter prompts um, and prompts with fewer instructions are probably going to work better than, than longer prompts. Yep. Good stuff. Brad? Brad? Pleasure chatting with you as always. Um, and I guess we will chat very soon. All right. Talk to you later, Justin. Take care. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe and stay updated on our latest content. We appreciate your support.